been getting high to keep from feeling low. My mind's spinning out of control. Well, the whiskey and the drugs only help so much, and the smile is just for sure. I've been hearing voices inside my Episode 122 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacey. My name is Ted Stoven. He's Wacey Anderson. It's uh, our first show post Calgary Stampede. And we are both uh, recovering, some better than others. And uh, Wacey, you're uh, actually getting into more wrecks since the Calgary Stampede. Uh, one was on a bike. Yeah, we went, uh, went biking this past weekend at Silver Star. And I was maybe a little bit more confident than I anticipated and there was a little kind of like side trail hit that looked like a lot of fun and it ended up taking me into a ravine and I get it I got bucked off over the handlebars of my bike so I'm a little sore a little tender I don't bounce back quite as I used quite as well as I used to when I was younger so yeah definitely definitely need to dial it back a little bit there um you're not supposed to get bucked off the bikes man you're not supposed to get off yeah that's the thing. I and mean, I never intend to get bucked off the bike. And I guess one of the things with downhill mountain biking is definitely a risk. It's kind of like, yeah, it's one of those things where I got a little bit too, uh, too confident and tried to something that maybe I should just stuck to the trail, but it looked fun and definitely overestimated what it was. Like it literally, it was kind of blind. It was like a little hill and people who had been jumping over this little ravine, but I went over the hill, didn't see the ravine and went straight into the ravine. And that led so me you to over the handlebars. You weren't going fast enough is what you're telling me. Like you needed to send it. You didn't fully send it. You no, I was going, it? I was going fast, but I thought it was just like a down and then up back onto the trail, but it was more so like I should have popped over and jumped it, but I didn't jump. I just went down to follow oh, it. Dear. Cause How I didn't fast? see it. That doesn't sound like much fun. No, uh, I heard, I, I'm pretty sorry. I'm pretty sorry today. Got just add another today. concussion to the list or what? No, my, I, my, thankfully my shoulder and, and ribs broke took most of the brunt of the fall so my head is okay okay <laughs> yeah feeling okay i was just feeling a little little off yesterday but we're, we're back but my shoulder is very sore this morning so okay or this day so yeah definitely don't bounce back like we used to that's for sure that's one so, thing i noticed anything else on the bike rack no it was pretty i bounced back up and thankfully there's some adrenaline going we rode most we rode like most of the day like the second or third run of the day so we kind of started off the day on the on a great foot but mm-hmm. we were able to battle through and get some more in and all as well. I'm just a little sore today. Okay. Mm-hmm. And was, uh, was Josh out there with you? Or what were you up to? It was Jen and I. Jen and okay. I Saturday at the bike park. So it was good. Nice okay, little, right sun, nice little Sunday. Right it's either, on. it's so hot in the Okanagan right now. That's either, you either want to spend the day at the beach or go up onto the mountains. It's a little bit cooler up there too. So sounds like a like, tough life. Kelowna, speaking of the tough life, Kelowna had the PBR. I was there for about 20 hours, had a good show, mm-hmm. a little bit of, production difficulties but uh had a little fun we went to the good bar crowd. after yeah really good crowd loud crowd uh the uh but then we got to the okay corral and there was a uh bull riding competition our friend brinson got uh got on the bull did not have much fun on the bull the, the cool thing about the bull that i've never been to this place that called the okay corral as you mentioned but the bull comes out of the floor like, it's really cool it comes right on the dance floor it's kind of like a whole like urban cowboy thing you remember that part I'm not even on the four ways. I think you're too fucked up because they just literally walked out the back door. I thought that there was something to come out of the floor. I thought, oh man, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, they walked out the back of the door. Oh, okay. I thought it was not on the floor. 
man, oh. I was okay. Too yeah, much white fucked. wine at the bull riding. Yeah, it was, a, it was a big yeah. day. Big yeah, day. You, but anyways, the ball, the, the bull definitely went out the back door while you were not watching. Cool. Okay. Well, never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Jen's saying it does come out of the floor. I don't know about that. I I literally yeah, saw them does. pull I, everything out of, the... out of the. Yeah, they lifted something out of the floor, dude. Like something actually did come out of the floor. Hmm. Yeah, there's they're literally they took parts of the dance. I remember seeing this part of it because it was set up before you guys got there. That they opened up the dance floor and put a bunch of padding around it, and the bowl really? come up. Yeah, serious. Huh. I'm not. I wasn't that drunk. I was pretty drunk. I was pretty pickled. Not gonna lie, but yeah, I wasn't that pickled to, to like have, see things coming out of the floors. But anyways, if anybody can confirm or deny this, any of us. Yeah, somebody needs to let us know because I saw them tear take a bunch of stuff out the back door, and they were like, pretty like official, like get out of the way. They were all like, yeah. kind of, like yelling at us, like, oh, okay, well, like, sorry, I didn't mean to stand here. But anyway, anyways, Grinson getting on that bull is kind of was pretty comedic because he like ran yeah, up, I'm a radio clown, let me on this bull, and he remember was running that bull cranked up to twelve for Brinson, so. That was pretty, pretty. Most people like were riding that thing pretty damn good though. It was pretty. Impressive. It was an urban cowboy style like bucking machine though, like a like a horse almost a buck like. With the full, uh, with the full bareback rig and handle. Yeah, literally, it was like like a, literally a casino at urban cowboys. So, so Brinson that was funny. Good sh- finger a little bit. Oh, he did actually. He heard it decently. Yeah. Damn. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, thing looked like no one. Oh no, not at all. And then, but then. Uh, um what else happened so the i saw the poster that it said nude bull riding but i think the bull riding was sponsored by nude i don't think it was actually a nude bull riding oh. i wasn't sure i think it well, was sponsored by nude i think it was like nude. i don't see it but you don't see a nude riding. logo anyway but isn't it just the text i don't think that's the actual time well, maybe i don't know i interpret wouldn't it, it be as... like topless bull riding otherwise i don't know man dc is a crazy <laughs> place dude <laughs> I thought it was a good. I thought it was worthy of a good, uh, good tweet though. Yeah, that was awesome. That's a funny thing to wake up the next day for sure. That oh, was man. good. I won't. Uh, I don't think people that would, would be a site people wouldn't want to see me getting on the new floor adding. So, well, I, the, the, <laughs> we'll spare like, the folks that one. At least with like when we're bull riding before, like the groin shorts kind of tuck things away. But like mm-hmm. if you're riding like a new, like mechanical bull riding nude, it'd be scary. It would not be good. Yeah, Everything would be flying. Every, especially when it's that warm in the bar. Yeah, it'd be, <laughs> be a good it'd be a, it'd be a hygienic <laughs> disaster. Oh man, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's just if you have to like a sanitary crew after each ride. <laughs> oh, shit. oh, gross. Um, before we go any further, we probably got to talk a little bit of Calgary stuff, eh? Um, yeah, we probably should make a quick mention about some of our friends who've been help supporting us over the past few yeah. uh, past few there months. So, um, one of our big big sponsors the past uh, couple of months has been Equilix and Equipride. And something that was really cool, like leading into Stampede, is actually going to talk to people who use Equilex Necropride. We talked with Darcy Flad and Zeke Thurston, and and the Stampede actually been using it with their bucking socks. So it's really cool that they've been using it, and you can they can tell a difference in their horses and how how they looked and how they're performing. And but that was a really cool thing to me to note of, of yeah, the people actually using the using the products are seeing some results. So it's really cool. And people may be asking, what makes Equilex and Equipride so great? Well, they're excellent for hoof growth your horse's coat and colic issues. So if that's not enough with all the nutrition packed into these supplements, you will save a ton of money on your forage needs. And as people know right now, it's hang season. That stuff ain't cheap and it's hard to come by these days. So anytime you can save on that, it is a good deal. So try these amazing supplements today by asking your local feed store to bring them in and just ask for Equilux and Equipride. That's all I got to do. And yeah, pretty cool stuff. 
that's been our been one of our our people we've been dealing with these days. Nicely done. Good ad read. I just made that up. It's very good. Well, done. thanks, man. Thanks, yeah. man. Do you have another one to do? Yes, we got our pal. Uh, from the Gertie Leveler Co. We we got our belts pre-stampede as well, which has been really awesome. I, I was in the market for a new belt and I didn't think anybody can use new belts. So yeah, we got Gertie Leather Co. on board. They check it out on, on Instagram. I think they're just just on Instagram, eh? For social media accounts. Yeah, or the uh, website. Or the website, gertyleatherco.com is where you can find that. He does belts, wallets, um, all different kinds of things that are leather. So he does an excellent job and I'm stoked about my belt to keep my pants up. Gotta love that. So or does the does the belt keep the pants up or do the belt loops keep the pants up? Or I think it's a combination. It's teamwork makes the dreamer kind of situation where okay. without the loops, the belt doesn't really make any sense. But without the belt, what's the point of loops? It's true. The uh, <laughs> I definitely noticed that my pants sag a little bit if I don't have a belt on. So belt mm. is important. Belt's huge, man. Especially when I wear jeans. Mm-hmm. I'm talking yeah, like my so. khakis though. I like go set up an event in khakis once in a while, and those pants will just sag. I gotta keep hiking them up all the time. That's why I, I just like wear jeans every time. That's that's allowed, I guess. But hey, mm-hmm. when you when you're uh, partners with Wrangler, you try and wear the gear everywhere. And I did I did wear out that pair of khakis, and I turned them into jort khakis, but I cut them too short, and then I even cut the bottoms of the pockets off. So uh, I had to just. Dang. Get rid of that. Going too hard. Going too much. Yeah. Too short on the jorts. Get rid of the, those ones. You got to start over. We need some. We need some Wrangler joggers. The Wrangler guys are listening. Please. Those, those khakis are pretty close, man. You don't have any of those yet. Mine don't fit very good. Oh, okay. They're like old man pants. Okay, that's allowed then. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so what else? Calgary. So Stampede. Yeah, I got to ride in a chuck wagon. That was a really cool time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to go to some shows. What else? Um. I got a little bit of golfing during the day at Calgary, and then I thought the evening show was a little bit uh, a little bit lacking this time. Just the the way the production of the of the evening show, I just like, you know, it just was a little bit just too much slow times. And I don't think the three wagons was really a hit. Uh, I think we lost a lot there with just the three. It ended up being not much of a race very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but with four wagons, you'd have a lot more heats finish a lot closer, but. With three, it kind of, uh, you know, like Jim Nevada said, there's still plenty of space. If you're getting in a wreck, you're getting in a wreck anyways. So, mm-hmm. so unfortunately, three wagons. I don't think, uh, I don't think it really works that great there at Calgary. I don't know what the fan feedback might say, uh, but uh, just a lot of a lot of open space there mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. improved production. So I hope I hope we can help make it a better show next year. But I was. Uh, I was a little bit unengaged, I guess I would say personally. Thank goodness for the uh, the relay race. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the highlight. That's the highlight. That's the only reason I was <laughs> hardly sticking around for the evenings. That like nothing. Well, I think it's the reason why like, most people like there a lot of the like, so. feedback from my friends who hung around the stampede. Like they love the relay race part of it. So it's, it's something new and it's exciting and it's, yeah. it's it's that simple format that the wagons have. It's a race and one person's going to win and, it's, and there's no no nothing too intricate to follow about it. And in saying that, I should, I should like, I got to be, be easy be on Stampede the other side because there's, those ones aren't much of a race at times either. No offense to the relays, but, no. but they're less, uh, uh, what would I say? Less of a competition and more of a spectacle, I guess I could mm-hmm. say. Like, I think, I think everybody got kind of a flat fee for being there, like that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, it wasn't as much about winning the races where some of the teams yeah. kicked ass every single day, but, uh, but so I, I guess I can't, 
be too hard on the three wagon thing when when the you know the relays maybe the competition wasn't when well, as... the exchange of horses is what makes it yeah really it's so wild eh? it's really yeah. cool like the like athleticism and the horsemanship and all the things that go into it mm-hmm. it makes it truly exciting so and and yeah so I get the, you mean like not not really. I think the the race part. There was a couple of guys where it was like head to head, and there's a couple of lead changes, but for the most yeah. part, it's it's more so you get your your entertainment value and the exchanges and all the crazy stuff that happens in the industry. yeah yeah exactly. And and speaking of like, uh, we were talking about outfits before the before the show on a different matter, but they're really cool uh, uh, outfits like and what the guys are wearing for those deals. Like mm-hmm. they they go all out on that side, so I, I appreciate cool that part of it. Heck yeah. So uh, yeah, otherwise though, I was just. I was just a little bit kind of disappointed in the evening show this year. Mm-hmm, I thought, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just a little bit less engaging on my side, but I mean, I'm just one part of the wheel, but yeah. uh, hope to see. I think, I think, I think, I think people were still excited about it. I think people having people having it back at this part of the Sempy. And yeah. people were stoked about that. And yeah. And obviously there were some big days of people in the crowd. Like though, I think the first Sunday there was what 80,000 or 70 or 60,000 people on the park at, at, at a given time throughout the day. Like there were some huge days of, of people visiting the park. So I think it was just maybe lacked a little, oh, sorry, maybe lacked a little bit, but it, um, uh, people, I think the, the excitement around it being back as part of the set, yeah. maybe made up yeah, that for part. It. I yeah. think they were, I think somebody told me they were budgeting for like maybe eight or 900,000 people, maybe 990 was the number. I forget, forget where that come from, but I, but they well exceeded the expectation. Yeah, totally. So on, cool. uh, but then again, the, uh, the other part, side of that though, is that they couldn't even have in-person meetings at the stampede till March. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, again, heck of a job to the, to the stampede for, uh, for having, you know, having the event, having a great event. Once again, uh, mm-hmm. one quick sidebar story. I had a buckle made with Montana Silversmiths and Lamley's for, for the Calgary stampede for Kevin Costner. And somewhere along the line, somebody said that he couldn't have it cause they weren't doing any kind of things like that. And then ended up stampede bought one for him at Lamley's. So the one that we oh, made no. for Costner never got to him because somebody said no. Someone <laughs> so, dropped the bag. Someone dropped the ball on that Big by just time. trying to trying to slow slow down the promotional stuff. Me and I were just like, oh, we're just trying oh, to no. buckle. So, anyways, so Kevin Costner did follow us on Instagram. Did not reach out back out to us. He's probably busy from <laughs> Yellowstone, but maybe someday we'll get to talk to him on the show. But uh, yeah, otherwise, give him the Calvary, buckle. Calgary, I thought it was solid. Uh, I was kind of disappointed on the on the fifty thousand dollars side, though. Like for them to publicize the thing, like, hey, our biggest part of our show, we're only going to give you half the money, even though we had one point two million people on the park. Here's fifty grand instead mm-hmm. of a hundred. I was kind of like, eh. you know, yeah. Like, that's ho- hopefully, I, I think a lot. And a lot of people ask me throughout the week, is it is it fifty or is it hundred, whatever it yeah. would be. So that was kind of yeah, it's disappointing. Hopefully, hopefully back in twenty twenty three they're going to bring back to hundred thousand. I think that that's really makes so. it in the marquee event that back. what it is. Right. Like, and especially, yeah, yeah like you well, say, you bring 1.2 million people into the park. So that's one of your most, uh, what would I most photographed parts of your entire week is those people with those checks. And when mm-hmm. they say 50,000 and you're promoting the fact like, Hey, you know, I know it's $300,000, but Hey, if you, maybe you had a pretty good week, you knew by Saturday morning, like, Hey, we mm-hmm. can give another 200 grand. We had another, another dollar per person we could put on the rodeo and Hey, we're paying a hundred thousand dollars. Like maybe well, and, and how much more excitement would that have added leading into oh, that final weekend? You, you know, could you imagine halfway on the Wednesday, you like, announce hey, it on, even if you announce it on Saturday morning, like wildcard Saturday, Hey guys, we had a great week. We're going to make it a hundred thousand. Everybody so here cool. today, today, or you're already qualified. You got a chance at a hundred grand. Boom. Tell them cool. Saturday morning, but mm-hmm. they didn't. And Hey, stampede. Too there, better. You, 
not well. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. No, you gotta, you gotta give him a hard time. This is constructive criticism. I don't know. Like I'm just voicing an opinion. Mm-hmm. Fire me, don't fire me, whatever. Um, it's a bit of feedback. I think that we can honestly talk about feedback. And if we can't, then all right, whatever. So been a fun time though. It's still great to have the stampede back. The bull bus in ahead of time. Cody Snyder had a kick-ass show. Wacey, you had a fun time there as mm. well. You're one of your uh you know, one of your probably highlight events that you've been to this year, I'd have to probably guesstimate you and Brinson had a rock in time and kind of fun to play. I never did it because I was too scared, but you were like playing a bunch of sweet stuff that like I used to be too nervous. I don't even have it on my computer because I wanted to play it accidentally, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you had a great time. So I'm glad you got to rock well, that one. 18 and above shows, just letter, letter buck. Yeah. I'm just so yeah. used to not doing them though. That's like, yeah. Great to me. Like, ah, I gotta do that. I had a bit of like a angel and devil on my shoulder moments before the show started. And then finally the devil won and we, we just rocked, rocked our faces up. Should I do it? <laughs> should I do it? You should definitely do it. I'm like, okay, we're doing it. So it worked right. out well. It was fine. It was a fun deal. So look forward to another great show with Cody next year and Calgary. And, uh, uh, we probably talked Pinocchio already. So yeah, well, let's uh, wrap up this side of the show and get to our interview and we'll catch up in a bit. Thanks for listening to Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. My name's Ted. He's Wacy. Thanks, uh, thanks for tuning in, folks. Check us out at cowboyshit.ca. He don't need no coat and tie. Don't need no black and white. He don't need no red copper cameras flashing in his eyes. Oh, no. Because his feet are on the ground and he's grounded in his roots. My baby looks so sexy out there working in. artist with hits like tuxedo more and holding out for a cowboy she brings an authentic sound to her music with some kick-ass guitar welcome to the cowboy shit podcast claire dunn hello how's it going <laughs> this is this is cool this is like our first uh like tiktok social media <laughs> interview get so it's cool that that we've been able to connect and and get someone like yourself on on the show kind of add to our the diverse group of people we've had yeah. on, the, on the podcast so far so we're stoked oh, yeah. As much as I like, um, on one hand, hate all things social media, like I get a little comrogeny. I love, I, you know, I love how it brings people together and this is really awesome. So I have to, I have to keep myself in check. (laughs) Well, and for someone in your position too, like it's kind of changed the game, how artists get their, get their stuff out there. Right. Especially with TikTok. Uh Like it's, it's amazing. I've discovered so much new music and people just by scrolling through my for you page. Yes, I'm so grateful for it, you know, in that regard. It's so amazing because you don't have to be held hostage to, you know, big corporate companies or whatever their agenda is. And you just get to, you know, be the artist that you are and release music. So it's, I'm really grateful. I love it. I love TikTok. <laughs> so have you, have you, have you changed like any of your approach then that way when it comes to your music, just with how accessible like TikTok and stuff is now? I mean, 
I know you see people who release a song and it gets become viral and you see people making music with or making videos stuff with that. So is that, has that kind of changed the way you approach making your music? I don't know that it's changed the way I approach it. I think it's just made it where, um, like I've never been precious. I started out, I was never precious about releasing music. Mm -hmm. like, and this was years ago. And I just wanted to release everything all the time. And then I got <laughs> to the system, if you will. And then I was re-educated, if you will. And then everyone is super precious about how they release music and when. And I always hated that. I hated it because I just think if you're, if you're an artist, which I am, and, and someone like me, like my desire is to create and release. Like that's mm -hmm. what I feel like I'm here for on this planet. So um, I don't know that it's changed my perception on how I approach music, but definitely it's given me uh, the confidence like, yeah, we don't have to be precious about this. Like, let's just make it and go, you know, and that's been really exciting to see. Mm -hmm. Well, and let's, let's jump into kind of to your beginnings. Like you kind of have humble beginnings compared to a lot of people like you grew up grew up on a farm and like near the panhandle oklahoma and south part of colorado and you actually like like live in the life like a lot <laughs> i don't want to i don't know how far we want to get into this part of it but like a lot of these these country music artists these days aren't don't really like <laughs> live the life and there's a few there's few of you out there oh yeah yeah um no no dissing but yeah i know my fair share who definitely uh did, we'll just say did not grow up in the way of life but <laughs> Um, you know, for me, it's just been, yeah, it was definitely humble beginnings. I mean, like, you know, we're a working farm and ranch. There's no, uh, some, on some operations, you know, there's outside money, someone's mm -hmm. got a job or there's mm -hmm. inheritance. You know, we didn't have any of that. It was just my parents kind of starting out from zero and, uh, and then, you know, fighting, uh, collapsing corn market and then skyrocketing uh, natural gas prices, which run irrigation motors where we're from. And so, you know, fighting through all that and then droughts, you know, so it was definitely, uh, it was a great childhood and a great way to grow up. It just definitely wasn't, um, there was nothing handy <laughs> to any of us. <laughs> so, so did you guys have cows and farm a bit or was it just on the farm side of things? No, we farm and ranch. Um, so we've always uh, had a cow herd and you know, the cow herd, God bless, has saved the farm once or twice. <laughs> and uh, so, and, and, you know, we've just grown our cow herd as we could over the mm -hmm. years. And uh, yeah, we just are pretty split. We might be a little more heavy on cattle these mm -hmm. days, but. And, yeah. and then, so where did the, when did music come into the picture? Like, do you come from a musical family or were you just listening to the radio one day and just like, hey, that's something I want to get, get doing? <laughs> Yeah, no one in my family, uh, no one plays an instrument. Um, my mom can sing, but she'll never admit to it because she <laughs> she just does it like in church and just for her own enjoyment. Um, so there was no like, there was just no one to look up to. There wasn't even really hardly any musicians. There was like maybe two or three musicians in the entire county where I grew up. Mm -hmm. So there just really wasn't... Um, there was no roadmap, I guess. And I just had a, a natural love of it. And I can remember, you know, standing up in the front seat of my mom's pickup, driving to town, standing up, barely being able to see over the dash and just, you know, singing along to the radio. So um, definitely the radio, you know, kind of showed me what music was. And when you spend a lot of time alone on a tractor, 
<laughs> yeah, that's fair. You you learn a great appreciation for all kinds of music because you're so desperate to have anything <laughs> you know, to listen to. So uh, no one in my family's musical, but definitely the way I was brought up, music mm. was like a friend. And and that's, um, you know, I think when I was like 11 or so, uh, Y'all remember, I don't even know how I old, how old I was when it came out because we didn't see it till like a year or two or three after it came out. Mm. Y'all remember the movie Selena? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've never seen I've never seen never. it, but I know I know the movie. I've never seen it. Oh, <laughs> I could fall in love. You guys gotta go watch it. It's a great okay. movie. That movie kind of like, you know, as a little girl showed me like, oh my God, this is a thing? Like people do people this. People do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, so then who were some of your other early influences? And like you say, not coming from a family with heavy musical influences, there yeah. must have been somebody who like, kind of like triggered that for you. Well, and I should back up. My parents both loved music, okay. but they just weren't musical. Like they didn't sing. I they got didn't you. Play. So I definitely uh, perused their record collection. You know, my mom was a huge Waylon Jennings fan and uh, she grew up on a farm in Oklahoma and you know, I would kind of soak up her experiences of driving around on dirt roads, listening to Waylon. So he was a big influence. Um, she had a uh, copy of Eric Clapton's Backless record, which was one of his quote failure records. And it's one of my favorite records of his um, still yeah. to this day. So, and then my dad, he grew up on a little farm in Colorado and he hated country music. Oh. So oh. he uh, showed me like, Dom, uh, Fats Domino, like Blueberry Hill and Percy Sledge, When a Man Loves a Woman and um, Elvis. And, you know, well, I guess my mom was more the Elvis guy or fan. But uh, so, yeah, I definitely got my footing in, I think, what was great taste in music. And then I sort of being a young kid, you know, I found Whitney Houston and Aretha mm -hmm. Franklin and Allman Brothers and all that stuff. And then so you move in and you and you are you self-taught on the guitar? Is that is that? No, I, I started playing in college. Okay. And um, so I took some lessons in the beginning because I knew I was way behind. Mm -hmm. But then I think I took lessons for maybe two or three years. And then you just kind of have to jump off. You know, mm -hmm. you just kind of have to sink or swim. <laughs> well, and you originally went to college in Texas. Is that correct? And then you end up going to Beaumont and Nashville after Texas didn't work out. Yeah. No, Texas was great. It just wasn't. Oh, was it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Texas was great. I learned so much there. Um, but it was just a little Juco and that's all you, you know, you kind of just did the thing and you left. Yeah. So, we're in, two we're in Texas. What's that? Two years and you're on to the next one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it was a great experience and a great start. I would say it was a great start, but, uh, when I moved to Nashville, that was, like being out in the ocean with the sharks and that <laughs> um definitely you learn quick <laughs> well and then it also said in one of the reading i was doing that you drove silage truck to help pay for school which again yeah. it's just something that not a lot of people like not a lot of people do like <laughs> a lot of people have that opportunity to like have like parents pay for school or whatever but not yeah. a lot of people have to actually get in the trial silage truck and, and pay to get make their way to university Oh yeah. There's no way my parents, you know, my parents couldn't afford the school that I went to. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I applied for every dang scholarship I could. I got every, you know, grant loan I could, and it still wasn't enough. And then, so, yeah, I felt grateful, you know, that I could go, um, take this skill. Cause we've been driving, I have a sister and she and I have been driving 18 wheelers on the farm since 
you know, since before we had our license, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so it was a really handy skill and, oh God, it sucked. It was so hot. Shuck is not a fun time. <laughs> oh no, I didn't. I remember right before I moved to Nashville, I was down in Texas driving and the truck I had at the time, it was like the starter truck. Mm -hmm. And I think my parents were like, okay, we're going to see how bad she really wants this. Like <laughs> no air conditioner. It oh was, no. Oh yeah. It was a cab over mm -hmm. um, tandem. And so it was literally, I will never forget. Uh, it was 114. And Jesus. the only way to like, like I was just dripping sweat the whole day. I had a thermos. I remember I had a thermos full of coffee and in an air conditioned vehicle. You can, it'll stay warm till like noon. And that yeah. thing hot all day, like <laughs> floorboard, the engine, the engine heat was just radiating up through the floorboards. Oh. Um, no, thanks. And so I remember being in a field and I got up to around 45. I was fully loaded, headed to the pit. And I stuck my head out the window and I just remember thinking, dang, this better be worth it. This movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's like one of those, the job that makes you want to do it that much, that much better. Yeah. yeah. And I just remember <laughs> being like, anything is better than, you know, staying on the farm. So <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, uh, we, we interviewed a guy a few weeks or a few months ago named Gary LeFew and he's kind of like the guru of bull riding and Ted and I yeah. both like spend a lot of time around his place. And that was the one piece of advice he, he gives everybody is like, Find that job you just absolutely hate because it'll make sure make you on ride bulls a lot better. <laughs> oh, I agree with him wholeheartedly. Yeah, that was it for me. And um, <laughs> so so moving with AC. Okay. so moving through school, like when when did you realize that you had an opportunity to make a career out of music? Like it's, you got to reach a point where it's kind of like I either do it or I don't. I I think for me, when I moved to Nashville. I just had it in my head. I, I knew, I knew that I had a love for for music, and and I thought I had somewhat of a gift for doing it. But I just knew that my work ethic would overcome whatever I lacked. Mm -hmm. And uh, so for me, when I moved here, it I took it like it was a full time job. Like school was, school was just a, it was the thing that got me here and kind of got my foot in the door. But everyone else was out partying. You know, I was like going to school, that was a job. And then my real job was when I got home and it was making demos in my bedroom mm. and practicing and learning guitar and trying to, you know, figure out how to write songs. So I um, I don't know that there was ever a moment where I was just like, oh, hey, this is gonna work. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever had that moment. I just have yeah. always known, I, I feel like I, I know I can do this and I just gotta keep working my ass off, you know, to do it. And I, so as a new artist in Nashville, like, what is that process? Like you say, you're making demos. Are you like going around town, handing your demos off to record labels? Are you playing gigs all over Broadway? I've never, actually never been to Nashville, so I don't know how, like, all yeah. the places. But so you're kind of just bopping around, just trying to get someone to notice you. Like, what, what's it like? If I'm a new artist heading into Nashville, like, what am I, what do I need to do to get seen? Well, I think it's totally different now because social media now is the thing. And social media was not, you know as important when I was coming up as it is now. So I, I think what I'm about to say may be archaic in a way, but what happened for me, you know, I was really lucky too, because when I got to Belmont, I didn't even know they had a songwriting major. And 
I was a music business major and I saw that there was a songwriting class and I was like, well, this is cool. I'm going to sign up. So I sign up, I go to class and um, I was renting a room uh, from some people who were like songwriter types in Nashville. So I go to class and then I go home, I'm talking to my roommates and they're like, well, cool. How's school going? I'm like, good. I signed up for this songwriting class and they're like, cool. Who's teaching it? And I was like, some guy named Tom Schuyler. And they all just looked at me and their jaws dropped on the floor. And he's not a well-known household name, but he should mm. be. But he's a uh, Hall of Fame songwriter. And he wrote um, 16th Avenue for Lacey J. Dalton, some Kenny, uh, Kenny Rogers hits. And so he's kind of that generation. But he, uh, long story short, he's the one who taught me how to write songs. And for me, it was all, I was interested in the craft. Like, I just thought, man, I got to learn. I want to be a, a, a great songwriter and I got to learn all these tools. And I, so I kind of just listened a lot to what he said. And I just kind of did it the old fashioned way in, in some regards. Like I sat around writing songs by myself um, in my bedroom. And then I, I tried to co-write with anyone and everyone who would want to co-write with me. And I would make little demos in my bedroom and then yeah i started taking him around to publishers on music row and i'd take my guitar in and i'd sit down in their office and i'd play in my songs and so that kind of one thing led to another and um then i got some internships and i i busted ass there you know nowadays like i hear all these horror stories about how the intern doesn't want to take out the trash and they think they're they think that's beneath them and so i think you know, maybe my advice isn't so archaic because I think we have reached this like point where people think they're entitled to, mm -hmm. some people think they're entitled to get a publishing deal and to have a hit. And it's like, no, man, no one, no one cares. Like, so maybe if you are a kid out there seeking to go to Nashville, if you bust ass, it will make a difference and somebody will notice. Mm -hmm. so, which, which, which is like kind of that, to that point of social media where it's like it's almost a detriment in the sense of like <clears throat> you have all these folks who have that sense of entitlement thinking that oh i got this like thing with a bunch of views on social media like where's my record deal where's my where's my hit songs kind of thing which is which again it can be a, a double-edged sword almost yeah i would just recommend that if you're thinking about getting into music you know social media is an amazing tool mm -hmm. but for the long run you're going to have to have some other tools in your tool belt to keep going because mm -hmm. you're going to have to learn the craft. And if you have the craft and you, you become a craftsman of this art, it will always carry you. And there will, there will be ups and downs and there will be trends and there will be flavors of the month and this and that. But if you have the foundation of what it means to write a song, to write a great song, you're going to, you're going to be able to have a whatever kind of role in music you want for the length of your life. You think that anybody has the capability to learn how to write songs? I didn't realize you could take a university course on it. Cause I like, I've always wondered like <laughs> how people do it. Like it's so cool that like, you listen, especially a song that's like really well written and like tells a cool story. Like Ted and I are <clears throat> friends with Corb London. He's like an amazing storyteller and the music yeah. that he writes. And it's, it's always remarkable to me how someone can take a story like that and make it into a song. So like, is that something like, you think if I like were to go enroll in this class, I could be writing songs by the end of it? Or does I it take a bit of a gift as well? I, you know, I honestly, I mean, I don't, I don't think, I think it's what you make of it. I think that it's what one person's desire is. Like 
I would never say that you can't go write songs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just, it honestly just depends on how passionate you are about it. I've seen people who, you know, uh, they can't rhyme cat and hat and they just work themselves into the, the ability, you know, if that makes sense. So yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. I think it's what you put into it. Kind of just like anything else, honestly. Yeah. If we if we put the time into it and want to do it that bad, but I don't take you as a songwriter, Wacy. I don't think you want. To no, no, I don't want. Bad. I don't want to. I just I'm amazed by. It. I like. I absolutely love music, and I love like good music with good lyrics. I'm, there's a Casey Mus Musgrave songs, and she had, puts a, the word chrysalis in it, and it always amazes me how you can just throw that word into a like. It's a big word to throw in a song, and it actually sounds really good. So yep. I always I always pick out stuff like that in music where it's like, damn, like that's pretty pretty crafty than the make that sound good and put it into a song yeah totally and i'm sure someone told her at one point you can't put that word in a song <laughs> yeah, yeah probably it's probably a dare what uh how do you make yourself sound different now from everything else in the radio i, I feel like there there's a lot of stuff that i kind of just glaze over because it's yeah. the same stuff over and over again and there's kind of that i don't want to blame it on the nashville uh protocol or the the formula but there's some songwriting <laughs> that ends up being the same stuff over and over again Oh yeah, the Dixie, How do you make the Dixie cups and pickup trucks and tailgates and yeah. tan lines. <laughs> yeah, there is definitely. Um, I think for me, uh, I mean, yeah, there's a formula, and there is a, there is definitely um, some repetitive names in that formula and things that go into that. And I don't know. I think for me, it's for, for me. For one, I feel like I just sound different just because I do because I am. Um, and it's nothing I really try for. It just kind of is what it is. And uh, I think also there is a lot of music being made that's what I would call chaser music. They're just chasing the thing that came out that someone did, you know, it's like a school of fish, you know, they all go this direction and they all go this direction. And if you, for me, I've just never done that. I, I don't necessarily, I guess I could, but I'd have to work really hard to figure out how to chase and be in that school of fish because I just, I don't know if it's being a farm kid or, or what, but, um, you know, that's just something for me. I've never, I always wanted to be just different. And I guess my influences are different in a way too, if that makes sense. <laughs> I think it makes sense. It's uh, cause if you don't, at this point, if you don't stand out, you're not going to get noticed either. Like you got to mm -hmm. do something different to be able to, to make it at this point. Right. Yeah. And I think you have to know who you are. Maybe that's the thing. Like from a young age, I mean, I consider myself an old soul because I'm not moved by trends and I'm not moved by the flavor of the month type deal. It's just never really appealed to me. And maybe that's because I know who I am. I would encourage you if you're trying to get in music, the first thing you can do is figure out who you are and stick to that because there I see it all the time in this town. People come to town, they don't know who they are, and they're willing to do whatever a producer tells them, whatever a songwriter tells them, whatever a record label tells them. Sometimes it works and they make money. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes when it works and they're just on a hamster wheel being told what to do, they end up with an addiction problem and they're broke five years later. You know, it's it's you got to know who you are first, and then you got to be okay with that what what is the day-to-day -day like there for you right now like i was looking at your schedule and you got a couple of rodeos uh coming up here 
uh, event wise, uh, what did I see? I saw one in your, maybe in your hometown and there was one, uh, uh, Ellensburg is on the list and yep. yeah, so there's a few coming up, but, but what's the day to day like in Nashville? What are you working on? You know, what, what does it look like? What's, what's that? What's on the go? What do you got on the go? Yeah. Well, for me too, my whole perspective, uh, has changed since COVID and while I love Nashville and I'm grateful that I get to be here anytime I want, it's not where my heart and soul is. And it never has been. I've, for all the years I've lived here, it's because I had to. And I had some publisher telling me, if I'm not playing a show, I have to be in town writing songs. And, and COVID really opened our world. And it allowed someone like me to not have to, like in Nashville, this is not life. This is, this is a, um, uh, this is just like a, an altered reality of going in to write songs about living life, then while going home and rinse and repeat, and you're not out there experiencing life. So um, I spend a lot of time on the farm and ranch right now, and I'm so thrilled about that. It's, it's so good for my songwriting, and I still write songs out there. For me, I'm lucky because I can make records anywhere. So I, um, I'm getting ready to release some music on Friday, and that's nice. all it's recorded at home. So um, my day-to-day life is writing songs, recording, and then living a life, like checking cows, you know, going to, going to uh, the other day when I was home, I went to a 50th wedding anniversary and drank too much beer with 70-year-olds. Like, what? <laughs> who does that, you know? Well, and... <laughs> And I mean, like, as far as the, like, you got to play shows and release music to make a living at it. So it's like, you got to be, I'm just guessing that I'm asking too, but you got to be on the cusp of really making a full-time living at this. Or are you currently, or like, you're oh, yeah. kind of on the, on the way to, to it right now. Right. Oh no, this is, this is my full-time gig since for probably the past 10 years. And so, um, you know, but the game has really changed, you know, social media is so important and, um, and it really you know, I have busted my ass on the road for years and that's fine. And that's good. And I love playing shows, but you, if you, you can do it a different way. And so for me, I just realized I don't have to wear myself out uh, playing 200 shows a year. I can play ones I want to play and I can have a great time doing it. And then social media kind of um, for better or worse, it's, it's the vehicle and it's what mm. every record label in this town if you come to town and you want a record deal and you don't have a social media pop, forget it. It's just not going to happen. And so um, it's the name of the game. And, you know, I think there's just been a huge shift that, you know, has happened since COVID. <laughs> Do you think part of that shift too has been like the Yellowstone effect? You know, we, we've been feeling it in like cowboy culture of like everybody wants to be a cowboy again. And you see with like, people listening to more of like the Zach Bryans and Tyler Childers and Coulter Walls. Is, is there more of a different kind of demand from the, the people now, what they want to hear out of country music? Boy, I think so. I think, I think for a long time, the country music listener has been upset with what's been coming out of Nashville. <laughs> I can't, but I don't blame them. Um, and I think that with the advent of TikTok now, man, everybody gets more choice in their hands. Instead of it being this corporate, literally six guys deciding what goes on every radio station in America, mm-hmm. the fans get to decide, you know? They get to pull up their phone and scroll through TikTok and see what they like. And I think that that's really healthy. And mm-hmm. I think that's what country music has needed for a long time. 
<laughs> one of the coolest things i love about tiktok is being able to like when artists like release unreleased stuff like like the like luke combs latest release like the kind of love we make like that's been going on tiktok for like the past like six months and that, it, the, the hype leading up to that can be that much bigger because more people are and it's just a small snippet of the song like it's it's really it's so cool to me how you can have that creative an impact before the song's even released like i've been like waiting and waiting for that to put them on spotify totally totally <laughs> right there yeah yeah um so part of your part of the farming and ranching thing you've been doing lately you've been doing some roping with uh <laughs> <laughs> with the world champ one of the one of the best not a bad guy to learn learn from so where did where did that inspiration come from and and how's it going are you going to be entering some jackpots soon or Dang, I I will tell you, I do not know what's wrong with me. I I freaking love it. Like, I have to make myself practice guitar, and then like every day I'm just like, oh, I should just go rope, you know? I should just go. <laughs> so, um, man, it's been so fun. I just enjoy it so much, and I've always wanted to learn to rope. Uh, I found a, a photo of me like four years ago swinging a rope, and I'm just like, oh god, you know? I've at least improved a little bit since then. But um, it's just been something I've always wanted to do. And uh, it was just real random how it worked out. <laughs> and, uh, I went down there for three days and I didn't know how to coil a rope or nothing. And I'm sure Fred was just like, oh, my God, get this girl out of here. You know? <laughs> but we had such a ball. And um, God, it's, I love it. I probably will enter something at some point. <laughs> how did you meet Fred, though? Like, how did that come about? What, what's the story? Social media. <laughs> really? I was hanging out with some friends of mine uh, at a bar one night downtown. And uh, it was a chill bar. And so we were waiting on, uh, well, we were waiting on some other friends of ours to get out of an event they were at. So I had had enough liquid courage because I'm not this person. Like, I don't hit people up. And uh, he he'd posted something and was like, uh, and I can teach you too. And I didn't, I was like, who the hell is he talking to? Like, what, what, He's you know, it was, public, <laughs> it was just a public post. It was just a public post. And then I was like, does he give lessons? Is that what this is about? So then I like, I was like, well, pff, is this for real? And then I think he said something like, uh, uh, I, I ain't got no twin. And I was like, no, I know. I meant, can, where do we sign up for lessons? <laughs> and then it sort of just, you know, steam. And then I think he was like, are you serious? And then I was like, uh, yeah, if you're serious, please. <laughs> you know, So that's kind of how it all, as much as I, you know, just discussed with social media, sometimes it's, it's really cool how it brings, you know, new experiences. So did you have to, uh, did you have to like, was it a paid, was it a paid thing? Like, do you like pay Fred Whitfield for roping lessons, like private roping lessons? Or is this, He's like, oh, I'll just come and hang out for a couple of days and work at the ranch and rope a bit. Or like, what's the deal? Well, I think I think I have a future concert date pending somewhere. You know, I think that's <laughs> how that's been. <laughs> you know, so. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think he. I don't think he does for anyone. But uh, I, you know, I told him. I said I'd bring my guitar and play a few songs. So, I, I guess we got a little trade. <laughs> what's it like to learn from an eight-time world champion? How many people get that as their their first teacher? nerve wracking nerve yeah. i mean my god i was so nervous i think i was like shaking at one point i was like oh my god you know so uh because i don't know anything i'm i'm i can ride a horse i'm good at that mm -hmm. but i don't know nothing about swinging a rope and uh but you know he's just for for being an eight-time world champ he's very humble very gracious 
And uh, I think anybody who's met him knows that, you know, he's just a, a very nice guy. So he was real patient with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that leads me to a question about like, so again, we, we, like we talked about a bit in the start of the show, we connected via TikTok and I yeah. built up a lot of our cowboy shit TikTok based off of my experiences with horse girls. Do you, how many of those <laughs> do, you, do you align with or would you consider yourself a horse girl? Man, I feel like the term from what I've seen of the term horse girl, on TikTok, <laughs> it's so bad. It's like, what? No. Um, it's, isn't it? Or am uh, I-, I mean, it's one it's, for me, it's one of those things where it's like, I've lived every of every single one of those things. And, and like, obviously you play it up a little bit to make it funny and all that kind of thing. But like, yeah. I grew up on a house of horse girls. So like literally every single thing that I've ever made a video about is something that I've experienced in my life. So it's, it's more so just like poking fun at them. Cause like, I don't know, people take themselves too serious all the time. So if you can like find ways to laugh at yourself, it's, it's a fun way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I totally am on the laugh at myself train. Um, <laughs> I do all the time. But I don't know that I could be called a, a horse girl because I don't even have a horse anymore. Like mm. I either, well, I guess they all died. <laughs> much, they got old and died. And uh, I have a nine-year-old gilding who's never been touched running around in a pasture at home. So oh, dang. You know, that's <laughs> that would be good. That's good social media content right there. Like, it could get Western. I know. I keep like wanting to post like, hey, nine-year-old gilding never been touched for sale not on sale <laughs> <laughs> um we talked a bit earlier as well like some of your early influences uh in music now you've been in nashville for a while you've got to tour around with some folks like who are the, some of the people who inspire you or you work with closely now or you, who you've yeah. wrote for or who you've wrote with yeah <clears throat> um i think one of the guys who was always an inspiration and uh, we toured together, uh, Bob Seeger. That was a pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I had just gotten, uh, one gig and I had like begged and fought to get that one gig where I was going to open for him in Saginaw, Michigan. And this was in November, you know, and if you've ever been to Michigan, probably a lot like Canada in November, <laughs> it's a blizzard. And so, uh, so I drive up there with my band and we're in this little church van and no four wheel drive. And I'm just like, Lord, please help us get there. So we get there and we unload and we sound check. And then uh, kind of in the back of the arena, I see this gray haired dude walking around and I'm like, okay, who's that random dude just walking around? But he was far enough away. I couldn't tell. So we sound check and then you know, it's a quick sound check. It's like maybe 30 minutes all in. And I think we ran one song maybe twice, you know, like no time. So anyway, no big deal. I'm just excited to be there. I go get ready for the show. We play the show. During the show, I see like in like a VIP box, like this white haired guy again. Like I can just see him. Yeah. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, huh, that kind of looks like the same haircut as the guy, but I couldn't see his face. You know, it was the way the light was just casting down on him. So I thought, no big deal. Man, fun show. So, so awesome. And I was just like, well, that's it. I got my one chance to open for Bob and say la vie. So we come off the stage and uh, the promoter and one of his managers were behind the stage and they caught me as I was walking back to my dressing room and they were like, 
they're like, hey, uh, great show. And I was like, man, thanks. And thanks so much for letting me be here and for this opportunity. And they're like, yeah, uh, Bob came out and watched you sound check earlier and uh, caught a little bit of the show. And we wondered if you wanted to go on the rest of the tour with us. No way. Yeah, way. And that was I, the silver haired ghost. That was the silver haired <laughs> ghost. And so, um, so I, I think I cried. <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, uh, yes, please. So they invited us out for the rest of the tour. I think it was like 12 more dates. Um, God, it was so much fun. And uh, I still keep in touch with those fans, you know, that came out and watched us. And um, so, but he was also, I was so nervous and I didn't know what to do with myself. He would try to come out and talk to me during sound checks and visit and shoot the shit and like talk about the weather. And I just remember like being so inside my, cause I'm very shy mm -hmm. in reality. And um, he, he was so nice and so welcoming. And I just, I, I look at, you know, I look back and I want to kick myself, like chat him up, Claire, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but that was a really fun experience. And he's, for all that he's accomplished and all the success he's had to still be that humble and to not be jaded. I think that's the biggest inspiration I've been around so far. And uh, he just treated everyone normal, like, like he was. I was, I'm reading up on some of this stuff here and, and I was wondering why that wasn't in any, any of your info anywhere that we could find. Is it not a story that you share very often or is it because he's not country or why isn't that, why isn't his name on some of this? You know, that's a good no. question. That's I have kind of a big deal. You know, kind of night moves. Yeah, there's. Oh, uh, I think that's a whole long story. That's probably another podcast. But um, there's definitely a reason why that wasn't listed, and um, why people. There's definitely an agenda to keep that kind of stuff quiet. <laughs> really? Like because yeah. of like re like record labels, or I'm kind of baffled right now. I don't quite get it. Yeah. That's it. I well, yeah, <laughs> it's not it, but um, I don't know that I've ever spoken about it, and that's a huge can of worms. <laughs> huh. So, but um, like that, it yeah. would get you in trouble, or like I. Good. Oh, Good. really? Yeah, huh. yeah. I don't. Huh. I don't know. Uh, there's so much there, and so much of that is my story, and uh, you know, it, it's it's not that I'm ashamed of any of it. It's just. Uh, there it's it's a lot and it's a lot to digest but there there are reasons why uh you know money has a lot to do with it and when someone is making waves and it appears that it could be quote unquote detrimental for someone else's career then there's a there can be an effort to be like to shelf and just kind of make everything quiet if that makes Dang. sense i don't know it's huh. it's a lot <laughs> it sounds like I there was like look. maybe a different band at one point that you were like in on the rock side of things and went on the countryside like i'm trying to put this no. together but i'm not I'm not understanding no i've always been it was nothing like that it was nothing uh you know i didn't have a change in who i was as an artist i've always been in rock and roll and country because that's you know what i love it was just more of a um I don't even know how to say it when you are a when when you have no promotion at the time and you're out selling major artists as a quote unquote nobody um there can be an effort to kind of make that go away 
and definitely not not letting people know I was on tour with Bob and how that all came about is definitely in the interest of making it go away. <laughs> so, what, so if you're doing that though, why don't you just go on your own and, and go like, like doesn't Aaron Watson go that route where he's all on his, like it's all independent or yeah, like, like why not go that way then? Why, why do you need the other guys? Oh no, I did decide to do that. Yes, I did. And so now I, I own myself. Um, I manage myself. I have my own management company and I have my own, you know, label that I have started for me. And so, yeah, now I do, but I spent five years in artist jail. <laughs> okay. So that has to go back to like, like right now you're, uh, well, I looked at what, what was the company, uh, the, one of the big companies you were with at one point? Oh, just don't even say it. Just don't, don't even say, it. okay. So that's all done. Now you're on your own yeah. independent, yeah. essentially. Yes. You are for sure. Yeah. Oh, so you, so you were with Universal and BMG. That's where you were, but that's no longer the case. No. And how long has that been? Have you been on your own for then now? Uh, I broke from them. Uh, I broke from them at the top of 2020. Oh, okay. Like before the pandemic or during? Yeah. Yes. Before. Yeah. Huh. And then the pandemic hit and, you know, so um, it's just not been something that I've really talked about, I don't, you know, because yeah, we've had a few enough. other things in life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so but that, that's kind of like, I mean, that's the whole machine and like, but they would have probably paid your bills for a long time, but they probably only give you, I don't know what you guys actually get, but you probably only get a very small portion of what actually happens. Like there's just so much overhead. It's so unnecessary. It seems like I'm just from what yeah. I've heard and learned so far. Yeah. I just, I think there's always going to be, the major labels and there's always going to be the the major publishers and this and that but you know everything it's just um there there is so much corruption and so much greed and so much swamp unfortunately i could write a book on the things that the average country music listener has no idea about that that they you know, give their hard-earned money to, and they think that they're supporting like-minded people, and it's not that case. It's it's far from it. <laughs> I've heard a little bit just up here. I didn't here know about... we we're going to turn into the music dirt and, podcast. Yeah. Hey, well, I, it's it's interesting stuff that I mean, we're we're not mainstream by any means either. We're talking about different stuff with different people, and yeah. you know, I want to know the real story, like what the hell's going on. So that's what. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm would, interested in. I, I would I would just say this. Um, the things that go on behind the scenes uh, are they would probably be upsetting to the average country country music consumer. And I think that a lot of people know something's up because like what we were talking about earlier, there's just this kind of like manufactured stuff that they hear mm -hmm. in the mainstream. Um, <clears throat> And also, not to talk, I, I'm not, I'll just say this, and that's probably about it for me on that, but um, there is a disdain for the country music listener that would, would shock people. I was shocked when I heard these artists and executives talking smack about the average, everyday, ordinary country music fan, uh -huh. you know, slurs, uh, you know, calling name calling there there's, it's a, it's a weird deal. And so 
for me, I was just like, that, that doesn't represent who I am or what I want to be or in, you know, with country music, I, I am the country music fan. And, you know, that there's just a whole, there's a whole mound of shit there. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, it kind of ties into that, that, that kind of change in like what fans are expecting too. That's why you're seeing the guys like the Cody Johnsons and the Zach Bryans and the, and the Aaron Watts their music's doing so much more better or so, there's just so much more demand for that type of stuff because they're, yeah. they're not settling for that, that machine that is Nashville. They're putting out stuff that's real and authentic to them, which I think is what people want to connect to. It's, it's, it's why we've had success with what we do. Like we're real, we're authentic, what we're trying to do. We're not trying to be somebody we're not or feed into the certain machines. So I think that's it's kind of like stuff's coming. Kind of, like I think fans are coming to like the realization on their own in, in a sense. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think TikTok is an amazing I think TikTok is the reason for that, uh, or at least in a large part, maybe not everything, but uh, in large part, the, the new discovery tool, because, you know, people, people don't have to play that game. Mm-hmm. They get to just be who they are. So, and, yeah. and, and even, and even having the, I mean, I know this, this, the streaming platforms and stuff aren't the best for artists either, but the access you have to, like, I haven't listened to the radio in years. I listened to strictly my Spotify and stuff and yeah. it's just a new way to discover discover people and you're not shackled to your local radio station and what they're feeding you that you have so much more freedom to to choose and, and pick what you want to be a fan of and what you want to listen to yeah absolutely i t- totally 1000 percent. i don't really have anything to add to it but that's <laughs> that's the same i mean i feel the same yeah who who what are some of the crazy i love asking this question when we talk to music people is what are some of the craziest items you've seen on a rider like what's on your rider when you show up <laughs> to a show um i feel like mine's pretty basic uh we've always got wine uh we've got you know oh the guys like some sort of bourbon um beer you know food snacks stuff like that i don't think ours is too crazy i don't know that i've actually seen other artists riders Mm -hmm. um let's see i might kind of yeah, I don't. I don't know that I've seen. I mean, other than like the J Lo thing that I feel like everyone knew, like you know, <laughs> yeah, Green Eminem. But that's where that question comes from, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, ours doesn't. Mine doesn't have anything like that. And then, and then too, mine comes with like a preface, like, "Hey, if you can't give us any of this, no problem, no big deal. <laughs> no trouble. Don't no worries if you can't. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I can just have like some water. That'd be great. You know? As long as there's something to drink, we'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. And then so dream dream person to collaborate with on writing a song or to do a song with, or to go on tour with who, who's that list? Man. Um, well, I think I would love to write with Bob. I would love to write with Bob Seger and, and do a song together. Um, and yeah, I think it, if he ever toured again, which I know he won't, I think it would be fun to go back out because it was a good time. And then, so, you obviously got to play some really cool venues across like North America and the country. Where, what are some of your favorite places to play and some places you'd like to play that you haven't got to play yet? Man, I've never got to play Red Rocks. Which oh, man. That would be sucks. sick. Yeah, because I'm yeah. a Colorado native. So I would definitely love to play there. Um, I've, I've played the Bridgestone Arena here in Nashville. That was amazing. I've played what was that for? What was going on at Bridgestone? Was that during a hockey game or during an event or during a major oh, show? No. Or what's that, that was that was on tour with Bob. <laughs> oh, okay. okay <laughs> nice. Good spot. Yeah, that was fun. We got a standing ovation, and those are pretty rare in Nashville to get those. So that was really cool. Um, 
the gorge in Washington was really Ooh, cool. Yeah. Um, what else? I mean, and I, I don't know. I love playing honky tonks too. Like, mm. there's just different vibes in both, and some of my funnest shows have been in little dive bars too. And I, so it's it's hard to you know. In a way, they're all my favorite because I just you know whenever I do play, I love it. <laughs> there's just something to be said about the like the small the honky tonk intimate vibes like. I know I'd, I'd prefer to go be somewhere like that and be on my feet and dancing and singing rather than sitting in a seat and, and not having as much fun. Like, like Corb is on apparently on his back to the ballrooms tour and he's played all these little divey bars across Canada and the U S and it's, we, we did, I think we went to two or three of his shows in Calgary and they were so much fun. Like compared to being like, even in, like, in an auditorium, like it's cool. They're nice to send, listen to but just like the atmosphere of being like in a sweaty ballroom, shoulder to shoulder with people listening to music is such a fun time. Are you saying ballroom or bar room? Ballroom. Bar room. Back to the ballroom. barroom tour. Back to the barroom, ballrooms, whatever, man. I think it's two different things. <laughs> it's Monday morning. <laughs> trying my best out here. Tuesday, by the way. Tuesday morning. Oh, my God. <laughs> better. Even better. Having a time. But anyways, yeah. I got to ask Claire about, uh, so a friend of mine, uh, Patrick, uh, powers is a Montana silversmith sales rep in Colorado. He lives over there too. I think he covers New Mexico too, but he helped build those buckles for the Rocky mountain country music awards. So I wonder where the heck your buckle is. Are you, do you wear it all the time or do you got it in the, in the display case or where is it? It's, okay. So I, I normally keep them, uh, in like on the farm, I keep them in the cases, like in front of my monitors uh like for when i'm mixing and working on music so when, like i peek up and i see them i'm like yeah those are badass you know i love those but um i've got the entertainer of the year one with me actually so oh, there you go I need a new belt to put it on I, <laughs> that's my that's my dilemma <laughs> those are pretty cool awards though aren't they it's something kind of neat and different and being from colorado and montana's close close-ish by they uh, it's kind of something different isn't it hell yeah i'd rather have one of those than you know uh a statue thing any day and um i love montana silversmith i'm wearing them right now oh there you go yeah i grew up you know winning their buckles at horse shows and stuff and that was always fond memories so i i love them and they're beautiful like i think the one i got for entertainer it's like black yeah um and then everything else is like you know gold and and the rubies and everything and then the one for this year uh is like bronze uh I don't know what you call it, like champagne bronze. It's so beautiful. And might be just, like a rose goldish kind of. There you go. That thing. Yeah. 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 yeah they I haven't seen them. Them. I saw the black one that Cor I think Corbin Ned got one together with uh Dance with Your Spurs on, wasn't that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yep. so they both got one. I think Patrick ordered another one. But I work with Patrick, so we know the Montana crew work with them. We got some some of our own buckles now too. Some well, hell yeah. Montana buckles. But anyways, they are <laughs> I'm glad to hear that you actually wear it because I bet yeah. there's some folks that would and some that wouldn't, but it's it's probably a unique prize for for you all for for that that scenario. It probably doesn't happen a ton. No, no, and I they're a legit buckle, and and that's why I love it so much, just because I know how legit it is, and you know they make some of the the most prized, coveted buckles there are, you know, in the Western industry. So I I love it, you know. I, did you and uh, Fred compare buckles? At all, like, you're like, hey, I got this one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> almost. I forgot to wear mine when I was down there, and um, but he showed he showed me his buckles uh, one day, and he's got a cool belt. 
where he like he's got you know whatever the year buckle is that he actually wears and then like he made a he had a custom belt made and then he put each of his other seven wins like they're like a small concho they're really cool but they're made just like the the og one and they're on the belt it's cool yeah dang yeah but he'd have like boxes and boxes of buckles like he probably only should be really nice. insane yeah probably. saddles he's probably forgot the buckles that, you know <laughs> he's probably forgot more buckles that he won than yeah. the one he keeps around <laughs> he's like two wheelbarrows to pack around all of his prizes <laughs> yeah. he's a yeah. silage truck <laughs> um have you have you had to play many shows up our way in canada or have, is that a destination for you now or no. what's the deal there i've only gotten to play canada twice and they've been i would love to come back first of all because i love playing in canada the two times i've played they have been absolute near disasters like barely made the first time i played we literally showed up five minutes before our show oh shit we got lost and uh we were just like hustling on this country road trying to get over to the venue but the show was great and the second time we played uh was over in edmonton and that was so much fun the power went out in this rodeo arena <laughs> right as we were trying to play the generators blew up or something like that so we ran a show off of like two drop cords <laughs> holy where where was it by Edmonton? Was it like a Leduc or was it like uh, St. Albert or where were you? I can't remember. It was, is there a Lakeland College up there somewhere? Oh, Overdug? yeah. What about, was band that? Band in the Sand. Band in the Sand, yeah. Yeah, that was it. And we were the headliner and everything blew up. And, oh, uh, oh, no. They in came the to building. Because I was getting ready to, like, I was in the dressing room getting ready to go and they came to me and they're like, hey, we just lost all power and our generators blew up and we don't have a backup and we can't find a backup and there's no way we can get one here. They're like, we totally understand if you want to cancel the show. And I was like, what, you know, and we, um, we had flown like 30 hours to get up there. And I was like, Oh, hell no. I just said, we're going to give them the best show we can. So we, uh, we had a a stripped down show in front of like an arena packed full of kids Mm -hmm. and, it was great. It was fun. <laughs> Literally dirt on the ground. Well, and where was the other one that you were getting to up here that was on a back road? I wonder where that would have been. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a huge festival. It's just we got lost getting there. And oh, it it's was, probably uh, Craven. No, it was Boots and Hearts. Oh, Boots and Hearts in Ontario. Oh, in Ontario. Oh, yeah. out, out east. Okay. Yeah. So. I see. It was, they were both fun. They were just, <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> logistically getting there. It was <laughs> Bit of work. a little iffy. <laughs> Uh, I come back. I, I need some recommendations on where I should play. So the Calgary then, Stampede. Yeah, Calgary's pretty good. Oh yeah, not sure. a bad spot. Sure, get to oh, Calgary. That's your 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 crowds up in Calgary. Come see us. Okay, hell yeah. All right, one more, anyways. Well, I got the a couple more. The yeah. so like we were chatting on the on the thing there a couple shows ago. Uh, Ted and I mentioned that or talked about our top five rodeo songs. We kind yeah. of made our individual lists. I kind of asked you before we jumped on here to put your own list together. So we'd love to hear your list and maybe we can do a quick comparison to mine and Teddy's. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, so I think for me, my first would be Amarillo by morning. Uh, <laughs> um, and I don't know, it's tough to put them in order. Let's see. I got to find my list so I don't forget. So my next one would be, oh yeah. Mamas don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I'm a whale and junkie. 
Um, and then I think maybe this is in order. Uh, I would have this Cowboys hat. Chris will do. Mm-hmm. Got to so, have Chris on your list. No matter what one it is, you got to have Chris on your list. Yeah. Oh, totally. And then Dear Rodeo, Cody Johnson. And, and Reba. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, depends what version you want. Cody. The OG. Yeah. yeah. Either one. And then um, I think my last one, this might not be like, it might be a little bit outside the box, but Midnight Rider, Almond Brothers Band, I always. Ooh, that. that's a cool I always, one. You know, for me personally. <laughs> what about that, well, well, Ted and I had a, the, the debate of like, does it have to mention rodeo or be all about rodeo? But See, that's what I thought. But then yeah, yeah. I was going to be like, well, let's talk about the songs they actually play in every rodeo. Mm-hmm. Well, like, Ted, Ted and I do sound at rodeos, so we, we do play these songs. All right. So you play, you probably play ACDC. Something's easy. Yeah. yeah. ACDC, like the, the classics, like the classic rocks. We also like to, Ted and I kind of push the limits and play some new stuff and get the people mix it up a little bit. What's the, what's the new stuff you like to play? Uh, Dua, Lipa. I, Dua Lipa, Black Keys. We play a lot of Black Keys. Uh, I play Greta Van Fleet a bunch. I like them. Uh, there's a couple of Canadian rock bands I like to play. Just kind of like the more some of the modern Back. rock stuff. Nickel, Nickelback. Oh, my God. <laughs> stuff like that. But, yeah, <laughs> just keep it fresh. But, anyways, so my list, uh, number five, I got Dear Rodeo by Cody Johnson. Yep. Uh, number four, Beaches of Cheyenne by Garth Brooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, Everything That Glitters by Dan Seals. Mm. And then number two, 17 by Chris Ledoux. And number one, I Can Still Make Cheyenne. By George that's good yeah that's good. a solid list yeah that I, <laughs> the, re, the reason I chose 17 by Chris Ledoux is because like Ted and I both like we both rode bulls and that was kind of he talks about riding bulls and all that fun stuff so it has some like sentimental value there but yeah anyways solid list. I, I went off the board and had I still had Amarillo at first Chey- uh can still make Cheyenne second but then I had someday soon I like the Susie Bogus version of that song oh. I thought that was a rodeo yeah. song uh-huh. Angel Fun Rock from Montgomery, number four, Bonnie Raitt, and then yep. Bull Rider Johnny Cash, number five. That was a good list. The only thing <clears throat> I need to put on my list is like one of my own songs, and then I just realized I don't have any rodeos. <laughs> There's one. some inspiration. There you go. Writing about Fred Whitfield. <laughs> I think that uh, I think that your your latest though, holding out for a cowboy, that could be uh, that could be a rodeo song. That could work. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. It definitely it's the vibe. <laughs> it's the vibe. Cool, Claire. Well, this has been so super fun. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us and all that stuff. And we're gonna we'll we'll wrap it up with our final question that we ask all of our guests. What is your definition of cowboy shit or cowgirl shit? I guess. That's mm. so. oh, okay. It's all the same. Uh, my definition of cowboy shit is <laughs> badass. <laughs> um, what's the word I want to say? It's it's a bunch of badasses doing cowboy and non-cowboy things um, with a lot of tenacity. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, we love. I love it. It's it, that's that's for the hundred and twenty-first time that I've asked that question. So it's always interesting to hear everybody's different answers and what people have to say. So no, this has been. We won't keep you any longer. Let's get back to to recording. He said this is studio day for you. So we yeah. really appreciate the time. This has been fun and hopefully get to cross paths soon. We'll Teddy and I bebop around the U S every once in a while. If you end end up up in our way, let us know and we can get together. Hell yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Claire. Thanks so much for having me guys. I had a ball. 
ago and for this show we uh we appreciate the 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 visit and wish you the best in the in the uh future endeavors out on the road appreciate cool stuff it. it was fun yes it's cool i always like hearing that i'd say it every time i have a musical guest but it's cool to hear the inside line on some of the music industry stuff i'm curious of what the hell went down with bob seeger i was kind of like a little bit kind of like okay like when are we going to get to the meat of this show like when we got going to get some juicy stuff. And then she's like, talked about Bob, Bob Seeger. And I was like, Oh, this is uh, interesting. I'm intrigued now. And then she just shut it down. I was like, so what, like, what the, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's some, there's some legal stuff. Maybe she's not allowed to talk about it maybe? or whatever. Who knows? Know. Who knows, man? Of Claire Dunn and Bob Seeger. Who knows what this is about? Anyways. Ah, uh, okay. So we got new clothes out, Waste. Uh, Drink new, we dropped yeah, the line. Yeah. New stuff. We might've snuck it by you. We might, you might not know yet, but there's some new clothes on the website. Cowboyshit.ca. Check out the new merchandise. We've got a few new hoodies, some new t-shirts. You know, it's already uh, almost August in in uh, Canada, so it's probably getting cool by now. And uh, the uh, I guess the other side of things, though, what uh, another thing I forgot to say was that uh, PBR Teams, Wacey, start, started this week. So, like, mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday, the show would have been in uh, Cheyenne. We're recording the show Monday before they start. So, hopefully, that all went awesome and teams kicked off really good. Shout out to Cody Covertruck for getting part of the roster for, yeah, the area for, for the area Texas Rattlers, Texas right? Rattlers. Yeah, yeah, but so. uh, yeah, new stuff. Waste, uh, I'm wearing my new hoodie right now. Yeah, we have some cool stuff. Yeah. But we had the, 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 I think the t shirts are awesome. Um, you and Storm did a ton of work to get this off the ground and get it ready to go for this time of year. So, Keep an eye out on social medias and, and what we're up to and, and get yourself some of the new merch heading into the fall. And in your local stores. Local stores, wherever yeah. you can find your cowboy shit. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, Cowboy Christmas is kicking off. We've got a lot of uh, everything's, we're all well, through Cowboy Christmas, but it's busy all the way till the end of the season now. So hopefully mm-hmm. your your favorite rodeo contestants are kicking ass out there. But uh, we've got a few more events coming up, but Wacey, we've got a couple more things. So this last weekend, I guess, I'll start off with that. Uh, I got a call on like Thursday night after I got home from Kelowna. I was pretty tired out, pretty exhausted after stampede and going right into Kelowna. So I was at the warehouse getting some orders out till about 10 30 PM. And while I was there, Les McIntyre texted me like, Hey, he's in high river at the chuck wagon races. He's like, Hey, mm-hmm. are you available to help with the chuck wagon races this weekend? And I was like, Oh, like I could be, I guess like, I don't have much stuff left. It's all gone and away and not back yet. And whatnot. He's like, well, we need you pretty bad. Like I'll get these guys to call you after. So they had a show, but they didn't quite have enough gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it wasn't loud enough and they're having issues with power and whatnot. So they called me at like 10 o'clock. I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. Give me a while. I'll figure it out. So I made up a bunch of calls, called like 10 people, didn't have a truck, had to borrow a truck, but I called, uh, Steve Johnson used to work for the Calgary stampede for a long time. I met him when I was doing some events there and I was like, Hey Steve, you did this event last year. What are the chances you can do it again? He's like, yeah, sure enough. I can, I can do it. And he's like, he was on his way back from the, uh, john fogarty concert his wife and her brother were at the john fogarty concert who <laughs> called me at like 11 p.m he's like yeah i can do that come get my truck tonight so i like went to his house at midnight got his truck back home by like 12 30 and sleeping by one o'clock down up and down to harvard by eight set up by 10 30 left him with the stuff he went down and 
once he got the generator running, he, uh, he got her working, but he kind of had a little bit of trouble because there's one tricky button there. You had to push to get the power, but yeah, got her rolling. And then Steve worked the show and I went back there Sunday night and picked it up because I was, I made a point of taking the weekend off. Gator was in foremost at the, uh, rodeo down there, but I like after what we've all done the last few months and been busy as shit, I really wanted to golf in the club championship. So I made it three days it at Valley Ridge for the club champ. How'd you fare in the club championships? I think I finished like sixth or something. Like I was middle of the, I mean, I was middle of the 60, you know, six out of seven. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> middle of six, I was in the fifth flight out of six flights, but the first there's a championship flight, then a first flight. So technically I'd be in the seventh of eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the sixth of seven. Anyways, I'm not very good at golf still, but I wasn't last. So, you know, and last that's time a, I was in, last time I was in the 70, and I didn't win. So this time I was in, I was up ahead of division. You're improving. That's all, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. Shot a one Oh one the first day I got a, a nine on the fourth hole. And then I think I got Ooh. like an eight somewhere else. And then, uh, the next day I was shot an 87, had a really good round. And then Sunday I got a 10 on number six. Oh no. I dunked a couple in the water. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, I, I was just like, eh, all right, but all still, right. yeah, still had a nice day. Yeah, um, good to get good to take part of it. And that, that the club championships was a good time. Any, anything going down in Valley Ridge, those guys do it right down there. So oh yeah. Well, and speaking of that, we got the uh Calgary uh no, the uh, Canadian Cowboy Golf Classic September 13th at Valley Ridge. Mm-hmm. So for the sports medicine team, gonna be down there on the 13th. So be another good day. Hell yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think there's anything else we got on here, we could everything else. You said, have you ever been bucked off so hard that you just... Oh, yeah. So I was talking to Keenan Vine at the uh, at the bull busting, and we were talking about this thing. That's a big podcast question. Like, have you ever been bucked off so bad? Like, just like, it's like almost embarrassing or whatever. You just laid there and it's like, hook me. Or it's like, no, I did not. <laughs> I did not. Every time I got off, I was either so terrified or terrified that someone called me a little bitch that I got up and ran away. Unless I was knocked the fuck out. Otherwise, I was getting out of there. One time I laid there, but I wasn't getting bucked off. I was, I rode this bull... It was in my Dell Saskatchewan. And he just like went out there and flat spun. And he had horns kind of like one that went down and one that shot out. Mm-hmm. He's going to the right. And he was just like guard. And I got I wrote ended up riding him and I went to go get off. And he turned turned on a dime and took the one pointing out horn and shoved it right in my tailbone. Ooh. And like, and I was like crippled. I'm like, oh no. So I'm like laying on the ground like this, <laughs> like a hot dog Holy on the conscious. ground. Like this. And I can't, yeah, my, 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 I'm hurt so bad. I can't move. I'm just laying there. And so I had like one of those TK vests with like the Velcro straps. And someone yeah. grabbed me by the shoulder straps and like pulled me under the fence <laughs> to get away from this. Book. It was just, I was like, oh no, this is the end. It was oh, so, dude. I was like 72 points. It was all oh, the whole deal. Was, oh no. It was hilarious. But man, speaking of, speaking of that, I just had a funny story come to, mind we were golf i was golfing with bear uh lightbound before the before like during bull busting mm-hmm. and uh and we were out playing it was with him and a buddy his a plays in the nhl uh not plays but refs um shit i'm forgetting his name right now i'll think of it anyways uh bear was chewing some beech nut and the one of the marshals came by and we were on like the fourth hole or something and and the marshal came by is like hey did you guys drop a drop this vape thing and I saw a bear with his beech nut and I was like, no, no, we didn't, uh, we didn't drop that vape thing. The only thing around here is beech nut. Cause we're not pussies. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like the, like the, take from Talladega like nights when both girls like, if you don't shoot big red, then fuck you. Then fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, no, we don't, we don't have, that's not our vape shit. The only thing around here is beech nut. And the, like the, go- the, 
the barsh the the marshal was old enough to get the reference so he i think he appreciated it that's awesome it was Love worth it. a laugh yeah good deal man yeah okay, okay well that's uh that's all i got that's it yeah don't forget to uh check out echo licks and echo pride they're they've been they've been been with us now for a couple months so they've been doing awesome stuff so ask your local retailers check them out on social media at Equilix underscore and Equipride uh canada and we're, we're posting much stuff with them on social media all the time and be check out the gertie leather co they got some awesome stuff belts wallets all different types of leather goods haberdashery of leather good work check them out check them out gertyleatherco.com and gertie leather co on the internet and uh and tell me more about the about equipride wazy isn't you want to hear a bit more about Equipride? Yeah, because there's Equilix like, and Equipride. Yeah, there isn't there like the thing where they where there's no molasses. Like, isn't it safe for human consumption? Yeah. So Equilix and Equipride is a top dress meal form, and Equilix is a free choice lick tub and the only non molasses protein tub on the market. So it's great options to feature your horse and safe for human consumption. So I foresee, like we were talking about the other day on text, Teddy. I think. I foresee us trying some of the Equilux and Equipride in our diet here soon to see how we how we fare. I think it's a good winter 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 program for us. So, so if it's a top dress, do I just put that on my bagel in the morning and just like? I think so. It's like Vegemite. Just, just make a Vegemite. Just make an Equilux bagel. Or do you put it in your like if I'm doing my yogurt? I think it'd be more like I think it'd be more like a spread. Just like so if you're making, yeah, I think if you're making like a BLT or like a egg sandwich or anything like that, spread it on there and away you go. And so the lick tub, do I just put that in the backyard and just me and Ellie and Pippa just like give her a lick? Daddy, the whole just put, have fun for the whole family, man. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you have oh, it. Oh dear. Okay, man. Well, thanks. We'll uh, we'll see you next time. And uh, thanks for listening to Cowboy Shit. My name once again, Ted Stoven. He's Wacy Anderson. Check us out. You can check us out on the social medias too if you'd like. I'm at Ted Stoven on wherever you do your medias and wherever you find your socials and medias. Wacy is at Wacy Anderson on all the socials as well. He's got some great TikTok content as well. You uh, you might want to check it out. Check, check out the out, new folks. new merch. Cowboy, sh- not new merch. Fuck, I can't say that, Sean. I'm sorry. New clothing line. The new clothing is now online. Cowboyshit.ca. Make sure to get yourself some and use. We don't have a promo code for our listeners yet, do we? Weren't we going to do that? We did a Stampede one promotion. Um, uh, Storm and I will work on that, so stay tuned for uh, yeah. a, new, a new drop promotion. A special promotion for podcast listeners coming soon. When we figure it out, we <laughs> eventually it's going to come and be there. Next podcast. Love a next show. Next show. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Well, I've been on some buggers and I've been on some pukes. Been a couple ponies that have flipped me in the shoes. Tell you all the story, rankest horse you ever saw. I won't see him out in Vegas with the daddy of them all. There's a pair of Coming across the plane, he got thunder in his hooves and a lightning in his mane. Never felt a rig and no shoe get cracked, but it'll be the rags pony never riding on his back. Well, they surely measure around, probably turn your ass slag. You can bring the fight, son, there's tricks plenty in his bag. Might just be a show first time it comes around. This time you cock your hammer, gonna lay you in the ground. There's a pair of horse, and he's coming across the plane. He got thunder in his hooves and a lightning in his mane. Never felt a rig and no shoe get cracked, but it'll be the ranks pony never riding on his back.
That a horse that keeps a coming, getting closer every day, coming, bucking and snowing, come and carry you away. Later, rest your words, you can lay down all your cares, cause you know the man on the mess, the man on the stairs. There's a pair of horses coming across the plain, he got thunder in his hooves and lightning in his mane. Never felt a reckon or shoe get cracked, but it'll be the ranks pointing death riding on his back. Yeah, I'm beating racks, pony, death, riding on his back.